Hey folks, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Auburn Observer Podcast, a premium episode. We appreciate y'all, especially this time of the year. We've said it a bunch recently, but we couldn't do this without y'all. We've got two special guests on the episode today. Looking forward to talking about signing day. Ferg is out. He's covering the Auburn basketball game on the West Coast. So no Ferg today, but you do have three of us talking Auburn football and what was a busy and I would say pretty exciting signing day. Let's dive on in. All right, all right, all right. You are listening to the Auburn Observer Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 21st, roughly 545. Uh, no Ferg today. He's covering the Auburn basketball game on the West Coast. Joining the show today, we do have Christian Clemente of 24-7 Sports, Adam Cole of the Opelika Auburn News. Gentlemen, hope you're well. Thank you all for joining us again. I think we'll start with what seems to be the like an overwhelmingly good vibe around Auburn's football recruiting efforts. And Christian, I'll start with you. What did Auburn do better during these last few weeks where it, it has climbed the recruiting rankings um, and I think gained a lot of momentum and people nationally are starting to pay a little bit of attention to the success that Auburn has had over the last few weeks? Yeah, um, I think the easier question might be to ask, you know, what did Auburn do worse? And I think that would be nothing um, because there was no way that any part of Auburn recruiting really could have gotten much worse. Um, you know, there, uh, Auburn, had, the position coaches, it felt like had been recruiting really hard, but the people at the top just weren't doing their job enough uh, for Auburn to be able to land guys. Uh, and you kind of saw that instantly when Brian Harson was fired and top 247 defensive lineman Deron Reed um, – who his name is pronounced Deron Reed. The previous staff told us it was pronounced Darren Reed. Um, so, you know, maybe that's why he didn't flip to them. But uh, when Deron Reed flipped to Cadillac Williams um, as the interim coach, um, which was a pretty big move given the circumstances. Um, and so, you know, the interim coaching staff under Cadillac goes to work for that month or so, um, really stabilizes Auburn's recruiting, sets up a solid foundation for this kind of final last three weeks and then Hugh Freeze and then the staff that he puts together instantly goes to work, puts in a ton of miles, frequent flyer miles going out all over the country, trying to get guys, get guys back on campus. Um, and you know, they do that. Auburn goes from, you know, in the spring at one point, Auburn was in the nineties in the recruiting rankings. Um, and you know, unless you're a big nineties music fan, you know, the nineties in the recruiting rankings is not where you're trying to be. Um, that was a poor joke. I've been up for 13 hours straight now working, but you know, that's okay. Um, and so when Harson was fired, uh, Auburn was in the sixties. Um, and so that's, I mean, you're talking October, you're talking the final stretch there and Auburn is in the sixties dead last in the sec below Vanderbilt below Missouri, who might be the worst team in the sec shout out to Adam. Um, and you know, Auburn was just, Auburn was in such a bad recruiting spot and, you know, now, as we record this, they're sitting at number 19. That's a pretty unheralded turnaround in a short amount of time for a coach and staff to be able to pull that off. So a ton of credit you know, to Hugh Freeze, ton of credit to Cadillac Williams, ton of credit to Zach Etheridge. And look, give credit to a bunch of other guys too. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze said Christian Robinson during his press conference today. C-Rob was you know, informed he was being let go after an in-home visit. He worked until the buzzer. Uh, Auburn's previous coach and staff. Will Friend, Rock Bell and Tony, 
Jimmy Brumball, all of those guys worked until the final buzzer. All of the off the field people, you know, the recruiting girls, Bianca, Natasha, uh, Stephen Ruzik, director of player personnel, Brent Bedsole, director of high school relations. All of those guys kept working and kept putting Auburn in a spot where Hugh Freeze and the staff would be able to be successful. And it was. And Painter, you know, you talked about it. The fans, there's, there's finally a sense of optimism in recruiting. For the first time, really, since I've been covering Auburn recruiting, um, which I'm, you know, I'm a rookie in this. So Jason Caldwell might be better to kind of talk about this a little bit. But for me, this is the first time I've covered an Auburn football recruiting program that's fun to cover in all honesty. Um, and, you know, this is the first time the fans are truly bought into it. Yeah. I kind of think like, I don't know it, it, <laughs> if, if you're a rookie, then I don't, I don't know what, what goes below a rookie. Cause I know you're, <laughs> you're tapped in and, and at the facilities every day, but um, it's definitely, I think like the, just as far as like what stood out um, to me is I, I think it's just like the amount of, of flips. Um, and I know it's probably not, uncommon to have a decent chunk of guys in a recruiting class who were maybe committed to somebody else at some point, then decommitted and, and changed or whatever. But whether it's between that or like outright flips, there's loads of guys in this class that the staff managed to kind of turn around. And especially that, I mean, the group of what, at least five in the last couple of weeks, um, that was really what kind of jumped out to me. And, and, you know, today too, just seeing the, the fact that there were a couple today and the fact that they were like blue chips too. I, I wasn't sure, you know, what that would look like um, coming into today, but walking out of there with um, Keldrick Falk. And then um, I, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. K and Lee. K-N. Is it, it's K and yep. yeah. But walk, walking out of there with those two guys, I mean, that's, you know, you're obviously not going to like win every single battle, flip every single guy, whatever, but like you got two of the best guys in your class right now. Um, after that so like you know I I didn't know what the gauge would be there but it's definitely like it's been impressive to watch and and keep an eye on and I I think it's just I don't know I feel like recruiting is always very intriguing for it for as you know far and away as I may be from it some days but like it it was definitely you know exciting to watch today for sure yeah I want to talk about Keldrick and Kay and just real quick um you know, going into the day, you had three really big flip targets still on the board. You had Tony Mitchell, who was committed to Alabama. You had Keldrick Falk, who was committed to Florida State. And you had Kay and Lee, who was committed to Ohio State. My opinion was if Auburn wins any of those three battles, you come out of uh, Wednesday a winner. If you win two of those battles, you come out a big winner. You know, if you manage to go three for three, you're a huge winner. Um, obviously, what transpired with Tony Mitchell was not what Auburn was looking for. Um, you know, he, he, Jason Caldwell put it up on our message board. He had committed to Auburn on Monday afternoon. The choice was Auburn. We have a commitment story with full quotes in it. He was going to come on our live show on Wednesday night. He was an Auburn commit. Ultimately, Bama kind of gets word of what's happening there and is able to secure him um, and keep him in the class. But Auburn quickly bounces back with Keldrick Falk, which has been a recruitment that's been nearly impossible to follow. Um, he doesn't say a lot. And when he does talk, there's not a lot of, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but he doesn't give you a lot of information. You're left wondering more so after you talk to him. Um, and so, you know, when he first originally committed in July to Florida State, there were zero crystal ball predictions in for him. Um, it was Auburn, Florida State, and Clemson, and nobody really knew where he was going to go. Same thing today. There were no predictions for him to flip. We felt like Auburn was trending. We felt like Auburn would probably be the team to beat because of, you know, reading the tea leaves. 
but you know, we just, we didn't have a great idea there. Um, and so they get Keldrick, they get Kay and Lee about an hour later. Um, and you know, you get those two guys back to back. That's two incredible battles for Auburn to win. Um, and you know, really you exit the day, a big winner. I'm glad you went that direction. I'm not sure totally what to do with this, but if there were a narrative Auburn and its staff would have liked to have formed as the day went on and as the day comes to a close, what do you think it would be? And do you think the staff feels like they achieved whatever goal they set out to hit? Because again, it feels like today was a pretty big success. Adam, do you want to tackle that? I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I certainly think that you're like better tapped in to that. But what I will say is, is this, I think, I think freeze put it pretty accurately in his press conference. Cause like you can't, you cannot deny the fact in any sense that they were ranked in like the mid to low sixties for a really long time. And now again, they're right back where they should be at what number 19 in the, in the 24 seven composite. And I think there's 16 in the two other major ones. And I don't know where they are in ESPN. I don't really look at ESPN, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a decent place too. Um, but he had also kind of said like, you know, like we're not quite there yet as far as like, you know, slaying the Goliaths or whatever in the, in the recruiting battles. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that, but, uh, <laughs> you kind of get my point and, um, you know, I, I, like, I kind of thought his message sort of built the narrative of like, we, we have got this going in the right direction, but we still, we want to do a lot better than maybe we even did not, and not with a sense of disappointment either. Cause like, I don't, I don't think you should be disappointed with this kind of haul, but um, I, I thought that was, you know, pretty well worded. Cause I mean, you know, I, I know if I'm right, the feeling was, was pretty much that, you know, Alabama was a done deal for um, the duo up the road at, at Carver Montgomery and in James and um, it's Qua, right? Or Quay, Quay. Quay. It's Quay. You know, like that's something that I'm sure down the line, like it, had it been year two under Hugh Freeze, that's something where they, I'm, I have no doubt wanted to be in that to the last minute. And, you know, I don't know all the details of course, but, um, yeah, I just, that was kind of the message that, that I sort of came with at the end of the day. It was like, we're in a great place, but like, we want to keep it going and we're not just going to like sit here and be complacent with 19th best. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they feel pretty confident about signing a very good in between class. You know, this is a tweener class for them where they don't have the relationships built up with these guys and they still manage to pull a top 20 class. Um, and I think that they feel this builds the foundation for the future. This puts Auburn recruiting back on the map. It catches the attention of recruits again. You know, people are recruits are wondering, you know, what what's going on at Auburn if Kay and Lee is flipping from Ohio State to Auburn? You know, what's going on if he's flipping from a playoff team to go to Auburn? Um, and, and honestly, that happens. That happens in recruiting circles a lot. Philip Dukes, who I work with, who lives in the Atlanta area, he's really tapped in with those kids and specifically with Kay and, and he'll tell you recruits are looking around. You know, not necessarily just Auburn, but when big moves like this happen, it catches their eye and they start doing some research and want to look into, you know, different schools. So these recruits from Alabama are looking at Auburn again because of Keldrick Falk. Um, these recruits from Atlanta and from Georgia are looking at Auburn again because of Kay and Lee. Um, and, you know, now Auburn and Hugh Freeze technically recruiting is a two year cycle. So technically they're already behind for the 2024 class, but obviously you give them a much better chance to sign what Auburn fans are expecting in a recruiting class, top 10, top 15 at the minimum. Um, we feel like that's probably pretty realistic for Auburn this next cycle, given the fact that 
Hugh Freeze took the class um, from the 60s to number 19 right now. And obviously February um, signing day is still available. Auburn could move up or down a little bit. But you know, Auburn gets right around top 20 um, with about three weeks of recruiting under Hugh Freeze. So this was, Panner, to answer your question, I just think this is kind of, they feel pretty good about the circumstances. They feel like they got some, uh, filled some of the needs on the roster and then uh, building a foundation for the future of Auburn recruiting. If they're piquing other players' interest, what's the pitch this staff likely used in such a short amount of time to start gaining that interest? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing, there's two big things. Auburn always sells itself. We say it every time. We say it with just about every recruitment. Every kid that comes to Auburn loves Auburn. They love the atmosphere. They love Auburn's campus. Uh, they love Auburn's new football facility. It's not hard. This is going to sound ridiculous. It's not hard to recruit at Auburn. If you put in a little bit of effort, just a little bit, you're pretty much locked up a top 20 class. From then on, it's getting into the top 10. You know, It's the extra effort that gets you into the top 10 and the top 15. So Auburn always sells itself. The second thing is you know, with Hugh Freeze and this staff, look, when you're a new coach, You've got a lucky. You've never lost. You have never lost a game at that school. You have the opportunity to completely sell your vision. No other school can discount your vision at Auburn because they can't say, hey, look what happened last year when they lost these games. You know, like Brian Harson recruiting this cycle. Uh, everyone was negatively recruiting against him because they lost the last five games in a row last year because of what happened in February. They had to work through that. Hugh Freeze doesn't have to work through that. Yeah, he can sell his vision, and you really can't discount it. You can maybe not fully buy into it, but it's hard for other teams and you know, other coaches to discount Hugh Freeze's vision right now. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say you kind of mentioned the the fact that it's year one, and like that was something that like coming into today, like like I'll never forget a couple of years ago. You mentioned Missouri, um, Drinkwitz's first year, uh, and the way that he was able to recruit at Missouri was. They had a really good class. I and obviously like it wasn't I don't even think it was nineteenth, but I think they were it was somewhere between twenty and thirty in the country, which is obviously like Missouri doesn't do that. Um and so that was something coming into today. I was like, okay, well like yeah, he has that kind of the advantage of a first year and, and to kind of look and see like, okay, well like how well can he do considering that and Again, I, I'm probably just circling back to stuff we've already touched on, but you know, I thought I thought especially considering that circumstance, like today was very much a win in that regard, and you know, kind of took advantage of the circumstance, of course. But so I've I've previously said on some episodes that Auburn's baseline, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, is, is good enough, as Christian just mentioned, that you should be recruiting around a top 10, 12, certainly a top 15 level. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think we're going to see that moving forward. Freeze was great at recruiting at Ole Miss a number of years. I think he'll have no issues and he'll have more advantages doing it at Auburn than he did at Ole Miss. Uh, Tuberville, Chiswick, and Malzahn all signed top 10 classes. Like I, I think Auburn's moving in the right direction. Today was more uh, evidence of that. You know, Given the success of the staff, given some of the challenges that they were faced building a staff while they were trying to make these connections with players the short amount of time. Adam, I'll start with you first. Where should Auburn fans expect Auburn to be a year from now? Mm. That's I'm, I'm really intrigued by that because I think a lot of that depends on how much experience you're able to bring in through these classes. 
And and I think that's that's the that's the part that I'm most intrigued with moving forward. How do they hit the transfer portal? You know, there was a little bit of talk about, you know, a quarterback today. Like, are they going to be able to find somebody that they want to bring in and have take over that role? Um, I think the one area where they, they really kind of, you know, did a good job. And I think there are still, if I'm right, opportunities to, to add to it is um, basically on the offensive line. I mean, yeah, no, like they, they did a good job across the board because it was, what, six offensive linemen. And that's the first time they've signed more than four high school linemen in a class since 2015. But um, you bring in a guy like Xavier Miller, who was committed to Ole Miss, um, Juco guy, has experience, um, was going to go to an SEC school. And, and now you've got that on an offensive line that, uh, you know, we've all talked about it pretty openly. It just was not not a great unit last year. Um, you know, ended things on a decent enough note. But um, as far as the expectation for, for next year, I, I do think, you know, I, I'm at a point where, like, I, I wouldn't start expecting a lot if they didn't get a little more in the way of experience. That's not to say that they didn't go out and get the talent this this time around. I absolutely think they did. But um, you know, part of that's probably just the fact that I'm not tapped into how, you know, ready to play some of these freshmen are in particular. But um, I think you'd want to see a little more in the way a JUCO transfer portal experience kind of hit. Um, but again, like, as I understand it, and, and Christian, you probably know a lot better than I would, but it seems like there's still plenty of opportunities, whether it's, you know, on the offensive line, or even to go out and get some playmakers who, you know, have done stuff, whether it's in this conference or at the power five level and, and, maybe come in and, and make that instant impact. I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing as far as what to expect. Right now, I still think it's pretty up in the air. Yeah, if we're talking expectations for the team, I thought we were talking about expectations for what the recruiting class would look like. Expectations for the team, there's no telling. Um, Auburn signed 19 guys today. Rivaldo Fairweather should sign soon, and that's 20. We think Auburn could sign as many as 40 guys. So that's still uh, that's doubling this class with transfer portal guys. Maybe some late JUCO additions, um, some late high school guys that are still on the board that they circle back to, whatever. Um, so expectations for the team, I have no clue because we have no idea what the team is looking like right now. And and I, I could have worded that better. I, I, I did mean with a full year okay. of recruiting and momentum at their back, um, although I think the direction Adam took it was perfectly fine. Just I, I, I think my general feeling is it's only going to get better. From yes, here. I would agree with that completely. Um, I don't want to say you you should fully expect a top ten recruiting class because you know things change every year. You know this was one of the most loaded years in the state of Alabama in terms of talent, um, and unfortunately for Auburn, it only had about seven weeks to take advantage of that with the interim staff and Hugh Freeze because the uh, previous staff didn't really take advantage of that at all. Um, but you know next year it's not quite as loaded. There are still some really talented guys though, so you know that just makes recruiting a little bit harder. You have to dip into Georgia a little bit more. Have to dip into Florida a little bit more. And you know when you're doing that, you're obviously Alabama's going to be doing the same. Clemson's going to be doing the same. Tennessee's going to be doing the same. Um, and then you really are battling with you know Florida, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, um, all those schools. So it makes it a little bit tougher. But I, you know, if I had to project an Auburn 2024 class right now, I would project them to finish somewhere between probably seven to ten. Um, I think my floor would be ten. I think the ceiling could be five, but I would probably say somewhere between seven and ten. I think with a full year of recruiting, keeping Zach Etheridge, um, this staff that they've put together, um, you know, Coach Crime is a notorious, really, really good recruiter. Jake Thornton has been incredible for Auburn so far recruiting along the offensive line. 
Jeremy Garrett just pulled off Keldrick Falk. Um, I think Jeremy Garrett's going to be incredible for Auburn. Um, I, I think this Auburn staff is built really, really well for recruiting. Um, I think the coordinators aren't necessarily home run recruiters, but they're going to do a lot more than the previous guys did. They'll do what they need to do. They'll do their job. And then Hugh Freeze at the top will be the closer. And that's what Auburn has really lacked since, honestly, before Gus Malzahn. Um, you know, Gus Malzahn was not the closer that Auburn needed, at least for a while there towards the end. And Brian Harson certainly was not. Um, and Hugh Freeze should be able to help them out with that next year. I, I would put them in the top 10. I was going to say, as, as far as kind of answering it to the prompt of, you know, I mean, what it's going to look like, like I'm pretty much like in the same boat, you know, I think from the time I I got here in April, I had even heard on, on Harson's staff just about how much of those guys were, were talented recruiters. And it certainly seems like they, they at least kept a good chunk of the right guys around. And, and yeah, I've been kind of shocked by like, you know, when they hired Garrett, like I, I didn't really think his resume had that much of like, like, okay, like he doesn't really have much of a, you know, power five, highly touted, you know, collegiate background. I think he was with the Browns for a little while, but um, seeing that and just, just kind of seeing the direction it's going. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Painter. I think it really does kind of only go up from here. Adam alluded to it. I think a moment ago, what position has the staff bolstered most with this signing class? Offensive line. Well, and DB DB has been loaded as well. Sorry, Adam. If that was meant for you, I just jumped in on it, but I had to get my answer in. Um, I mean, defensive back-wise, you get Kay and Lee to flip from Ohio State. Sylvester Smith flips from Tennessee. You've had Terrence Love in the boat since uh, April. You've also got Colton Hood. You've got J.C. Hart. Although, Hugh Freeze did say today during his press conference he might like J.C. Hart as a receiver. Fun player. So we'll kind of see where he ends up. Um, I think Tyler Scott will end up committing soon. Well, he signed today. He's announcing his decision on January 7th. I think that'll end up being Auburn. Uh, safety, C.J. Johnson. A safety. I just said safety. C.J. Johnson. Uh, he'll be, he signed today, and he'll be announcing his decision soon as well. I also expect that to be Auburn. So the DB group is loaded. But then, I mean, Adam, you touched on the offensive line. Um, you know, it, it finally caught up to Auburn. Auburn hadn't signed high school offensive linemen in a long time, and the room was in desperate need of, you had to layer the depth chart. You need to get your high school guys, you need to get your JUCO guys, and you still need to get your transfer guys. We haven't seen Auburn get any of those guys yet, but we know they will. I mean, high school-wise, you get Clay Whedon, you get Braden Joyner, you get Connor Liu, who's regarded as probably the top center in the country or the second-best center in the country. Um, you get Azavian Tutal Miller, the JUCO offensive tackle. You get Tyler Johnson, the developmental high school offensive tackle who has he has an NFL offensive tackle frame. He's about 6'6", 300 pounds. He looks like an offensive tackle when you see him. He just needs a little bit of development. So Auburn really restocks the cupboard there um, along the offensive line. And definitely the secondary. I mean, secondary didn't feel like a huge need to me, but they kind of just let Zach Etheridge cook. And, you know, he just he went out and got his guys. Y'all both referenced and, and you know, uh, risking sounding like an idiot here, but sometimes that's my role. So you both now referenced the press conference a few times, understandably. Did we get any good nuggets from Hugh? Anything stand out to you? Anything surprise you from what he said? Did you glean anything from the few minutes y'all heard from him? I will say I do have a bit of a different perspective because I am I am also chiming in from, from parts unknown, as, as Painter does. Um, but... Um, just kind of in going back, I mean, again, I think the biggest nugget that stood out to me was that it, there wasn't, 
it, it was a, I was impressed by the blend of like, okay, we're very happy with how we did, but also like, we're not satisfied with it as the end result, but then nothing, nothing too crazy. And, and, you know, I think. So you felt like they took the right tone. Yeah, like I, they, I, they understood the situation they came into was a challenge, but also that like a top 20 recruiting class, isn't going to get it mm-hmm. done when you're comparing yourself to Alabama and Georgia and LSU and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, I think I think that was that was really probably the biggest thing that I I, I took from it all. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hugh Freeze, one of the first things he said was, you know, it's been a wild couple of weeks for us. Uh, the, the quote that stuck out to me was he said, we came into this considerably behind what I think Auburn should be in recruiting. Uh, I think everyone, every Auburn fan, every person that covers Auburn would agree with that. And, you know, Hugh Freeze, he doesn't hold back. He, he says we came into a very poor situation, which is a very nice way of putting it. Who's on the radar for y'all right away has a chance, whether it's many players you want, it can be one guy, it can be no guys, it can be five people. If you think that, that that's the case, they're freshmen, they're coming in. Who are Auburn fans going to get to watch right away and be like, Oh man, this guy was a good pickup. I, I think I, again, kind of go back to the, the I guess the, the spots where you have a little more experience. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it's Quintrail Jamison Travis. I, I believe that's how it's pronounced. I, I you, okay. the ironic part about him is he never visited Auburn. I've Jason talked to him on the phone, but I've never talked to the kid, so I don't know how you pronounce his name. But okay, well, yeah. So like I in in my brief experience of looking back at JUCO recruits, it always seems like. Juco guys aren't necessarily like, and, and as, as is with scouting football, you know, a lot of people look more so at um, kind of the athletic feats than anything. And it's not necessarily a, a matter of production, but like, you know, I remember going back and looking at a guy like Jeffrey Emba and like, I wasn't shocked by the stat sheet. This guy, holy good God, he had an insane season for Iowa Western, which went on to win the national title. He was named a Juco All-American the production was just really impressive. Um, and so, you know, it, it seems like a bit of a different situation going into this year with the defensive line for Auburn. You know, like last year, you know, Emba was very highly touted, but obviously didn't play a ton because you had dudes like Colby Wooden, Marcus Harris, got a guy like Jason Jones. Obviously, Marcus Harris, Jason Jones still back, but, you know, you've got guys gone and out of the way now. So you bring in a guy with experience who's who's gotten a lot of production. Would be curious to see how he kind of works his way into it. Um, I think Elijah McAllister, the Vanderbilt transfer, kind of fits into that same boat. Not that he had production, quite frankly, he was on the opposite end. He, you know, he played for a really long time at Vanderbilt, um, didn't post eye-popping numbers, but you have to wonder if, if he'll kind of fit in with, you know, you've got Eku, you've got Derek gone now, you you need guys at that edge rusher position. And um, at this point in time, he fits that. And then I think the last thing is just, you know, I, I do wonder who are those freshmen are guys who can come in and, and kind of make more of an instant impact. And, you know, Christian, I guess I, I throw to you on that note, cause I, you probably have a way better pulse on that than, than I probably do. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, high school guys, look, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to take the three off the top in terms of rankings um, of guys that have already signed uh, Keldrick Falk, immediate impact player at the edge or defensive end, you know, whatever he ends up playing. Um, I think, Keldrick needs a little bit of development. He's still learning how to use his body a little bit. 6'5", 240, but he's got great size. He has great tools. Um, Auburn needs, you know, he was he was more important than Tony Mitchell in the sense that Auburn needed a defensive lineman a lot more than it needed a safety. So getting him was big. Um, you know, 
Deron Reed as well, another defensive lineman, really versatile guy, can play inside as defensive tackle, can shift all the way outside and play edge. And I think you'll see him do that year one. Uh, I would look at Kay and Lee as well. I think he'll get into the mix at cornerback. You know, Jalen Simpson and Nehemiah Pritchett seem like they'll be back. Also seems like DJ James could be back as well. And you've got JD Rim, but Kay and Lee is really good, man. I've seen him play a little bit, seen him play a decent amount. And I think, I think he'll get into the mix in terms of a, you know, under the radar, lower rated guy that I think can step in and play right away next year. For me, it's Connor Lou without a doubt. Um, you know, he's listed as a three star in the 24 seven sports composite in our 24 seven sports rankings. We have him way higher. We have him as one of the top interior offensive linemen in the country. Uh, I think it's a situation where if Auburn were to start him at center next year or start him at guard, it's not, Oh boy, we got to start the freshman. You know, what's going to happen here. It's, yeah, we're starting Connor Lou. I think Auburn feels really good about it right now before he even steps foot on campus in January. They feel really good about the chance that he can compete for playing time and a starting spot right away next year. Maybe you just went this route, uh, but I'll give you both a chance to plant your flags if you have not already. Player that might take some time to develop, but you feel good in a year or two years this guy's going to be good. Ooh, I'll go and Adam, I'll give you a little bit of time. Um, I think JC Hart is going to be really, really good wherever he ends up, you know, whether that's cornerback or wide receiver. Look, I mean, he's, he's 6'2", 175. He ran a 4'37", 40-yard dash over the summer. So he's got incredible size, incredible speed. If you stick him at corner, he's one of those, you know, long, lanky corners that's hard to get a ball past. If you put him at wide receiver, he's got great speed. I mean, he's got great size to go up and get the ball as well. So I really like what J.C. Hart brings. I would touch on Tyler Johnson again real quick. I mean, you just can't replicate 6'6", 300 with a huge wingspan that's just fit to play offensive tackle. He's not going to play as a freshman. If he does, you might have some problems. I don't even know if he'll play as a redshirt freshman, assuming you know he does redshirt his first year. But you give him two years to really develop. He was a basketball player for most of his life. I think Tyler Johnson can be, you know, an all-SEC type tackle. Dang it, Christian, you took my answer. Tyler Johnson is kind of the one that I look at. And I know we've already kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um, no, uh, I, I think to the photo that, that you guys have kind of run with some of your stories at 247 of, of Tyler, and he's got his arms out wide. Like, yeah, like that is just, that is a rather large fellow. And, with, and it's the long arms too. Like that's, you know. I, cause I, when you're looking at a left tackle, like that's just what I think of is somebody who's, you know, got that wide reach. And so like, that's the one that like, that's the one that jumps out to me, I think in the most generic sense. And then, um, Christian, not to I, I, painter, I might be putting on my painter hat here for a quick second and asking a question. But <laughs> when I look at like, when I look at Terrence love and just like the frame on paper, like obviously he's listed as a safety, but is he the kind of guy who like, could he find himself in one of those sort of like money backer? Yeah. That kind of thing. I think like, like obviously like not to jump to this comparison on any sort of level, but I think about a guy like Derwin James who like played all over in college and like, like, I mean, do you see that with him? Cause when I look at that frame on paper, I'm like, okay, put a little bit more weight on it. And he seems like, you know, he seems like the kind of guy that, that you want as a nickelback or maybe like jumping around and, Yes, he, yeah. he 100% is that guy. I think he starts off as a strong safety. 
I don't know if he fully moves to the linebacker room when he's at Auburn, but I think he'll, you know, he could potentially do that. Um, look, I've seen Langston Hughes play, I think, three times this fall. I watched them practice earlier in the summer as well. So I've seen him play a decent amount. He does that at the high school level. He plays up in the box a lot. You know, a guy like a Smoke Monday, for example, he plays like a box safety, a lot like Smoke did at Auburn. Um, you know, Derwin James is a good example. Uh, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, now at the Cardinals, is another example I would think of. So, Adam, you're spot on there with Terrence Love. Yeah. Um, he's 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 kind of a hybrid there. I don't know where he's going to fit in at Auburn in terms of you know being on the defense, but I think it's a fun piece for Ron Roberts to kind of mess around with and see where he wants him. That sounds fun. That's I'm excited for that then too. That's those are the best guys when it's just like it. It doesn't matter. They can play anywhere. Those are always the most fun. Uh, y'all both have referenced what Freeze and the staff will want to do with the remainder of the class and filling it out. Uh, where is Auburn still lacking? Where does it feel like it, it has some room to improve? Uh, definitely defensive line. Uh, you signed some really talented guys there at the top. You got the JUCO guy as well. Um, but you're going to need still several more defensive tackles, more edge guys. Um, you're going to need to fill that out. Adam, I'm going to take all of the answers here, actually, and you can add on to them a little bit. Quarterback, I mean, Hugh Freeze mentioned it today. They're going to go out and get a guy in the portal, assuming the right guy pops up. Uh, obviously wanted that to be Grayson McCall. Academic issues um, have prevented him from really being able to transfer anywhere. Um, and, you know, they go after Devin Leary, who ultimately chooses Kentucky. Um, so Auburn's still going to keep searching for a portal quarterback there. And then probably the biggest one, or at least, eh, I don't know if it's the biggest one, but linebacker is an issue. Uh, Owen Papo's now gone. Um, you didn't sign a single high school linebacker. You're not really involved with any transfers right now either. So if there's some late bloomer high school linebackers that are still available in February, Auburn's probably going to be willing to take you know a flyer there, maybe two flyers there, and then you're going to need to go out and get a portal guy or two as well. Um, so those are the three biggest position needs for me. Adam, if you think there's another, um, I'd be all ears. Maybe a wide receiver one because it doesn't seem like Ra Ra Thomas is trending to Auburn. Uh, it definitely seems like Georgia there, but those would be the main positions I would look at. Yeah, I still... You know, and and I think maybe we've already talked about it enough that like it's maybe beating a dead horse, but I I still think you you'd probably want to look for a little more experience on the offensive line. Now, if a guy like Connor Luce shows up, I mean, of course, like that's you know that's a that's a big that takes care of it and to like almost I guess at least. But um, I I still imagine that's probably a spot where where you'd want to throw in a little more experience. Um, obviously, like. You know, uh, Porter Porter quarterback in some capacity. <laughs> that was a tough one there for you, Adam. That was uh, hey hey man. <laughs> I, I I feel like I can't say it's been a long day because I know it's been a longer day for you. But uh, <laughs> uh, like whether that's I, I mean I feel like it's fair to say whether it's a capacity of like I hate to say a not a Zach Calzada type, but somebody who's had experience and can come in and and maybe be a good number two option behind Robbie if it shakes out that way, or if you want your dude, you know, and you find your dude out there, go get your dude. But um, those are really the two spots that just like, I, I think kind of stand out yeah. to me. No, offensive line was good. I didn't even really touch on that because I feel like Auburn is in it with some offensive tackles in the transfer portal right now, a center that just visited in Ben Scott from Arizona state. I, I, mm-hmm. I really don't have a lot of concern about where the offensive line will go in terms of the transfer portal. I think Auburn will get its guys there. You know, it's just defensive line. I haven't seen a lot of movement. Quarterback hasn't really gone Auburn's way so far. A little bit of uh, kind of 
not a lot of luck going Auburn's way at quarterback. And linebacker has just been a wasteland. We haven't seen anything there. Um, so uh, offensive line, you're certainly right, needs to be touched on. I think Auburn will do that, and I think it'll be pretty good. What, if anything, did today signal uh, about where Auburn might go in the transfer portal? Did it mean anything? Does it uh, change how Auburn might attack uh, the portal moving forward in the next few days? Um, I don't necessarily think so, because I think Auburn's bored in terms of high school guys shaked out about how they thought it probably would. They kind of got the guys that they thought they would. The only surprise in there was you know, Keldrick Falk was a true coin flip right up until 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. Um, Tony Mitchell, Auburn felt pretty good about him as of uh, Tuesday night, and then it kind of fades, but you know, safety's not a huge need. Um, so today hasn't changed a whole lot for me. I think they still know they need to get defensive linemen. They still know they need to get offensive linemen, um, you know, quarterback, Look, when people freaked out about Hank Brown committing, that had nothing to do with the portal quarterback situation. That was just Auburn wanting to bring in a high school guy, which you should do every year, um, and Auburn had really failed to do. You know, They had Kiwan Jenkins uh, committed. He ends up flipping back to FIU, where he gets a full scholarship compared to a preferred walk-on at Auburn. Um, and so you know, Auburn takes Hank Brown instead. Uh, solid player. More of a depth guy, at least for right now, but you kind of need that. And, you know, Auburn still knows it needs a quarterback. Adam, maybe if you have anything else you'd like to add, but like, I, personally for me, I don't think today changed Auburn's uh, portal status. You know, Auburn has two guys. Rivaldo Fairweather should sign soon. You get Elijah McAllister as well. Uh, I mean, you could be, that's, that's two. You could be looking at as many as like 16 more. I think Auburn could still get like 18 portal guys. You know, there's going to be another wave once all these bowl games wrap up. There's going to be more spots that pop up in the spring when guys leave then during that 15-day window. Um, we're still we're still in the very early stages of the portal cycle this year. Yeah, I, I don't really think I have anything to add on that, but that's kind of – that's what I'm excited to watch is just like, you know, how many guys – how much experience can they add? How much like, you know – how much experience can they add that would realistically like see the field um, from the portal or, or I mean elsewhere, you know, I mean, it would be whether it's Juco or I, I doubt there's that many freshmen out there who are really that instant impact still. But um, no, I don't know that today really changed much about it from, from what I saw from, from afar, but um, definitely just curious to see where it all goes from here. I think the only thing it did for me was, you know, Hugh Freeze was asked, do you want to get a portal quarterback? You know, we felt like Auburn wanted at least one guy, maybe even two, but he just flat out said it today. Yeah, we're going to go out and yeah. get a guy, assuming it's the right guy. Um, and so that was, I don't want to say reassuring, but, you know, that was confirmation of what we kind of figured. Um, and so we'll see where Auburn goes there. There's still some guys in the portal, guys like Hudson Card from Texas, Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State. I don't think Auburn's really going to go after those guys, but, you know, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I think they're waiting for more guys personally. Wrapping up, I know that there are players that y'all enjoy covering because they're good for a uh, good interview. They're nice guys. Uh, there were a couple on this last year's team that I think y'all really enjoyed covering. Have you had enough time to, to be around the recruits to feel like, oh, we might have a good quote coming out of one or two of these guys? Any good personalities? Or is it may have been hard to, you know, I'm not sure how much time you've frankly gotten to spend uh, with them yet. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to all of them a pretty decent amount. Clay Whedon is like the definition of an Auburn man. Uh, he is extremely, you know, he's a big hunting guy, loves fishing, um, 
just real country guy, country offensive lineman. Uh, J.C. Hart is a really quiet kid, but he's incredible to talk to. He's extremely smart, 4.0 plus GPA. Same could be said for Connor Liu, who graduated with a 4.3 GPA, and Terrence Love, who had a 4.0 GPA. Probably some other commits as well that I just don't know about. But those guys, uh, Terrence Love was always really good to talk to. Colton Hood, really, really good. We had him on our podcast, um, and he was really, really good. Same with Clay Whedon. He was on our podcast as well. So those guys were good. Uh, I feel like I'm just giving a shout-out to every commit at this point. But, you know, Dequavius Sori, uh, the wide receiver, we didn't really talk about at all from Chipley. Uh, I went down there for his commitment ceremony. Uh, they had their season opening game, and Quavo and the coaching staff at Chipley were absolutely incredible. You know, we I got invited to the pregame team meal, which was very very good. Uh, hung out with the coaching staff all day. You know, watched the game, drove back to Auburn. It ended up being like an 18 hour day, but it was worth it. Uh, Terrence Love, I mean, like I said, I've talked about Langston Hughes and covered that school a bunch because it was a pretty big. Uh, target school and it still will be for the future so he's always been very welcoming Keldrick Falk has always been really good look every every guy in this class has been really really good to us Um, every time that we've talked to them they've been really really good and you know I would encourage Auburn fans to you know rally behind them and support them Um, I know personally you know having the guys on the podcast and talking to them and them being able to see the fan support on our message board or on Twitter or whatever they really appreciate that it goes further than you might know you know, them getting blown up in the comments with War Eagles and stuff like that. It, it really, it, it does go a long way for them. I have a little more experience, I guess, with the, just in my general, I, like, but like with the, I guess the more local guys, because obviously we still do, you know, a little bit of prep stuff over at the OA. Um, but no, on the note of JC, like as I've kind of gotten to know him, like throughout the year, I remember the first time I interviewed him, like was very quiet, but I think like, I think I, I covered it. I want to say it was two poker games. And by the second poker game, like, I was actually kind of shocked. I was running up the sidelines to take stats. And he, like, dapped me up. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I didn't even realize. Um, but, no, I, um, I I was talking to him last week and, and just, like, very thoughtful, which I really appreciate. There's a lot of times that, like, you know, in just the experience I've had, whether it was in Arkansas or you know, in Alabama, like, you know, kids just kind of, and like, understandably, like, you know, not a lot of people, especially at the age of 16, really have a recorder put in their face and have people asking them questions, but some people just kind of slide it off. But when somebody's really thoughtful in the way JC is like, that's something that, you know, you're always certainly appreciative of. And then Brenton Williams, the one conversation I had with Brenton Williams was actually the day that um, Hugh got hired because uh, that was the day that he got his his uh, his offer and I think announced. Um, but he was really funny and um, just good to talk to because I had asked him, I was like, you know, you grew up in Opelika. Were you an Auburn fan? And, and he told me he was an Alabama fan, but he said it like growing up, but he said it in such a way that it was like very like disarming. And like it was it was hilarious the way that he handled it. I can't do justice in, in retelling it really I guess it was kind of a, you had to be there, but um, no, he, he was really funny, like more than I would have ever figured. So those are probably my two guys as, as just far as just the bit of experience I've had with them. Christian, I can't help but notice you seem to be having fun covering this class and this, particularly this staff. Is there anything, I mean, again, it's kind of short, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of time, but uh, is there anything in particular you have enjoyed so far uh, about covering these guys? It just seems like, yes, there's more energy among the fan base, 
uh, because things are going better. But also, you know, as a reporter, you have a job to do, whether they're they're doing well or not. But like, I mean, I'm sure it's more fun to cover a team that's doing well on the recruiting trail. Um, have you gleaned anything from the staff? Is there, has there been anything fun as, as you're kind of getting to know some of these guys? Uh, have you had a chance? Yeah, to do no, that it has yet? been, they've been extremely welcoming to us. Um, look, the thing with 24 seven and other recruiting sites is, you know, we're, we're tools that Auburn can use if used properly. Um, in all honesty, you know, we're here, we're here to, we have a job to do, but you know, Auburn, you know, if they want some extra attention on a guy, uh, they look to us. Um, and so we're kind of, we're kind of the PR outlet in a sense for them in terms of recruiting. Um, and, you know, the staff, the previous staff did not understand that. Um, you know, when recruiting first opened up that June uh, after the COVID regulations ended, we were uh, kindly asked to leave the facility pretty quickly. Um, and we were really not very welcomed over there, at least for a while until they started to warm up. But even then, you know, there was kind of a sense of disdain, at least from some coaches that we were there and just, you know, they didn't want to come over and talk to us and you know, we would, we always tried to. We always stay off in the corner. We try and stay off in the corner in the lobby. Stay out of the way. We, we're not trying to be loud. We're just trying to get the kids as they leave, interview them, grab pictures, and do that. We're not. Be, we're not there to cause a ruckus. Um, and, but you know, this staff has been incredibly welcoming to us. You know, today after Hugh Freeze's press conference, they we were at the new football uh, center. They invite us up. They had uh, irritable bow catered, um, and they had a ton of leftovers. So they invited the media members up to you know go grab some of the food that was still left up there, grab to go box, grab multiple to go boxes. They had enough food. They wanted us to be able to eat. You know, sit in there waiting for recruits to leave after visits. Um, you know, they get a ton of food catered every weekend. Um, and you know, the staff so far has been, you know, all, always saying, "Hey guys, come grab some food." Like we really appreciate you guys. I mean, it was the first thing Hugh Freeze said during his press conference today. He thanked the media, you know, for their coverage so far. Um, and, you know, in terms of recruiting and stuff like that. So uh, I've just been really appreciative of, you know, from a top down uh, kind of for the staff, it's been Hugh Freeze at the top has wanted the coverage. Um, and, you know, the staff has felt the same way. The staffers, the on the field staffers we've gotten to talk to have been incredible. I think Ron Roberts has quickly won over Auburn Twitter um, and the Auburn fan base. When we talked with him in person, he was really, really great. Um, and, you know, he's been very welcoming. Jeremy Garrett has been one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Uh, he's been incredible. Today he gave me a giant bear hug. You know when I went to talk to him a little bit before Hugh Freeze's press conference, um, and was all hyped up about Keldrick Falk's flip for good reason. Um, and so you know this staff, they've just been really, really welcoming to us, which is a you know, refreshing change. Um, it, it's just been you know, it's fun to cover a team that recruits well, um, and they've you know, they've made sure to take care of us along the way. Adam. If you would, please tell everybody where they can read you, follow you, all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, if, if you head to uh, oanow.com, um, you can find all of the Auburn coverage uh, at the Opelika Auburn News. That's myself and, and our sports editor slash interim executive editor slash everyman, columnist, women's sports writer, preps guy, Justin Lee. Um, the Mr. Do-It-All. You know, we, we, Mr. Do-It-All, for real. He, he does it all, very much so. Um but no, you can you can find all our stuff over there. Whether that's talking about signing day, I'll be again from parts unknown. Of course, I will be covering the basketball game uh, from from a couch uh, this evening. But uh, so that'll be there. And yeah, um, at AU blog on on Twitter, um, and then you can follow me uh, at Cole Reporter. That's my last name, C O L E, and and the word reporter. And yeah. 
Christian, same thing. And I think y'all have your own podcast that'll go in depth on recruiting and signing day, if I'm not mistaken. Coming yeah, out we soon, will. Is that right? Uh, so, you know, we'll have all that stuff over at auburnundercover.com. Look, we've got a great team over there. Philip Marshall, the goat of Auburn. Um, Mark Murphy, the legend of Auburn. Uh, Jason Caldwell is the mayor of Auburn. Uh, and then you've got, you know, me and Nathan, the young guns there. You got Philip Dukes uh, with some recruiting scoop as well. So we've got a great team over there. Um, in terms of, you know, podcast, we're recording this. It's now 645 right now. Um, in about 45 minutes, we're going to hop on and do a live show that we'll post as a podcast over to the site. We're going to try and get as many of the signees on as possible. Um, we're going to try and get some coaches on as well. We'll go for probably an hour, hour and a half. Just talk to those guys, let the fans get to meet them a little bit. Um, and so we've tried to have guests on and stuff like that. I think it's, um, it, it's been kind of fun. So all that stuff's over at auburnundercover.com. Uh, my Twitter is cclemente247 if you want to follow me there. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been a fun cycle. Painter, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I appreciate, uh, I guess this is probably, this is the third time I've been on this cycle. I was waiting for a long time to get on. Um, and now I've been on three times since, since Big Cat. So it's been pretty rewarding the past couple of months. You boys have come through clutch for us. We both, we appreciate it. Ferg and I both do. Thank you all very much, Christian, Adam. Y'all be sure to check out their work if you're not already. And I'm sure we will talk to you all very soon.